Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Chilling in the State House podcast. As you probably have noticed, the yard signs are popping up, and it's about all we can talk about these days. Uh, there's an election coming up, and uh, it is important that, aside from listening to the podcast, you all get out and participate in the election. Uh, if you live in Shawnee County, we have with us today uh, someone who has all of these secrets to uh, keep making sure your ballot gets casted, uh, Election Commissioner Andrew Howell. Commissioner, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Good to be here. Happy to, happy to visit about elections, absolutely. Well, I know we had you on last time, and it was a uh, resounding success, uh, I'm told. So we figured have you back on to, to make sure folks know where to go and what to do. Excellent. Maybe best place to start, we are, what, three days now? This is Wednesday, three days into early voting. Mm-hmm. Um, mail ballots went out, I believe, about a week ago. What are you all seeing so far? How has turnout been? Um, turnout is about what I would expect. Very busy. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of folks showing up. We had uh, just under a thousand folks through the office on Monday, and lots of rain too. So that tells you, you know, you get a thousand people coming in the middle of rain. That's a good sign. Uh, and then we had uh, a little over, I think, twelve hundred and fifteen. I believe was the final count yesterday for people coming through the office. So. Certainly trending up each day. I ex- usually by the middle of the week, it, it trends back down a little bit. Some of the initial excitement, you know, wears off. But then by Friday, it'll start popping back up again if, if it does what it normally does. So, you know, averaging a 1,000 voters a day is probably what I would say, you know, at least starting out, that's what we're seeing. So that's that's pretty big. That's a fair number of voters. We actually were, were down in the election office yesterday. It didn't seem like a whole, whole lot of lines, though. It seems like you're able to get folks through pretty fast. We try really hard to staff it up. Um, we've been very fortunate. We've never had anybody, even through COVID, everything. It was never more than a five-minute wait. And uh, most elections, it was less than two minutes or, or pretty much just walk in and get right up to the counter. So we try pretty hard to make sure people don't stand and wait. So... Uh, if folks are busy election day, they might work election day, what do they need to do to come vote early, either in person or by mail, or is it maybe too late to get that mail ballot and they should really make sure to come down to the elections office? Um, you, c- As long as you get your application into us um, either on or before November the 1st, um, your mail ballot will be will be sent out to you. We'll have your application. We'll get the ba- Just Just remember, though, you know, 
time marches on and what I, the thing the thing that concerns me about a november 1st application is it takes time for the the ballot to get out to the voter then they have to get it back to us so if if it is the first i recommend um paying very close attention to voter view where you can see kind of the, when we've received it back and i would even say i would recommend if you're doing that maybe dropping it by the office instead of running it through the postal system just you know, I worry about making sure it gets through and gets processed timely because that's the, I suppose as you get late, that's the risk with the mail ballot. It's just making sure it gets through the post office and gets to us on time uh, is kind of the biggest risk. Um, but as long as we get it by f November 1st, it's certainly legal for people to do that. And it's certainly, we certainly have enough time technically if nothing goes wrong. So, And where can people find that uh, application for a mail ballot? The application is on our website. You can certainly email or call the office at 251-5900. Uh, we, can, we can email you on, but it's on our website. It's on the Secretary of State's website as well. And if folks would rather come down and do it in person there's only one early voting location in shawnee county right and that's the elections office yes we try really hard to make sure it's staffed ready to go we can answer all your questions there it's at 3420 southwest van buren uh and our hours are 8 a.m to 7 p.m weekdays um october 31st through november 4th is the next week and that november 4th will be the last weekday then there'll be a half a half a day on Monday um, from 8 a.m. to noon. So just, I guess, a reminder, don't forget about that noon, uh, November 7th, being till noon only. That's that that November 7th date, I think, trip, trips a few people up. Um, just a reminder on that day, you know, it's only till noon on that Monday before Election Day. Well, a lot of people I know probably leave it to the last minute. They... Uh <laughs> because you know this is society we're talking about here but uh an important note and what what do people need to bring with them uh either voting early or if they do want to go to their polling place on november the 8th um all you're required to bring is your photo id it should be uh government issued should have your photo on it and your name on it so and really people aren't particularly using that for anything more than just verifying that it's really you standing before them so government-issued photo ID, most people will use either a passport, a military ID, or a Kansas ID card or driver's license, typically are probably the three that we see the most often. And uh, if people want to look up what is going to be on their ballot or, uh, you know, just kind of to prepare, there are a couple constitutional amendments on the ballot, I know, and people always like to look at that language ahead of time, uh, particularly because there's always a lot of it. <laughs> uh, how, how can folks kind of get a sneak peek of, of what to expect on, on their ballot? There's a link to your sample ballot on our website. You can use the Secretary of State's Voter View uh, link on their website. We have Voter View on our website as well at uh, www.sncio.us forward slash election. Um, you can certainly call the office. Um, and then some people actually just want a piece of paper to hold in their hands. They'll actually come by the office and get what we call a sample ballot that we'll hand to them. So 3420 Southwest Van Buren, you're welcome to come by and get it in person. Or like I said, typically voter view, just Google, just Google Shawnee County or uh, Kansas voter view. Put your name, your address and your information in there. And there's really a lot on that website. You can see where you're registered to vote. You can see where your polling place is. 
you can see your sample ballot, you can see your voter history. So there's a lot of data there that, so I recommend people look at, just, just look at that as well. And then folks who wanna wait till election day, uh, what uh, they can, now folks hopefully know where to find their polling place that they didn't know already. Ours, it is um, in Shawnee County, it's 7, 7, 7 a.m. to 7, 7 p.m. Okay, yep. Sedgwick County is the only exception, I think, on that. But um, And uh, that 7 p.m. deadline also for folks returning a mail ballot, correct? Or um, uh, making sure it's postmarked by then. Yeah, um, well, but remember, on a mail ballot, if you, for some reason, didn't get it in, you can also drop it off at any polling place. So the law now allows you to drop that at any polling place, including the election office, as long as it's done by 7 p.m. election day. So the other thing to remember is if it's in the mail, then if it's postmark election day, it can be received clear up until the Friday after election. So there's kind of two pieces to that. If you're still holding it and you didn't drop it in the mail already, be sure and get it by the office 7 p.m. election day. If it's in the mail, I believe that the law was changed just to allow because sometimes that mail takes a little longer than it used to. Sure. So they're allowing people to have till Friday following election as long as the postmark was election day. And as always, the legislature, I, you know, a, a few new election laws this last session, uh, it, not a ton that seems like it's going to impact this election. Anything that is new for you all behind the scenes uh, that you all are working through? I know they, uh, the legislature passed some technical, uh, I consider it fairly technical. You know, we have folks doing the, I don't touch ballots. Uh, I oversee it, make sure it's done correctly and according to law. But our actual ballot movement and ballot verifications and, and, uh, and the actual looking at um, on election day, it's all done by teams of people from both or, or, or more parties. Uh, Republicans, Democrats, unaffiliated, and libertarians are the ones who are appointed in these various boards to make all of the decisions and to follow the law, and then we're there to make sure that you know the process is done correctly. So I guess all of that to say, I know there's a new law that requires that we uh, have signatures anytime a ballot is moved from you know one particular step to another step, which which makes sense and quite frankly has always been our practice in the Shawnee County Election Office. So it really wasn't a change for us. Um, so I think there was that. I think there was a couple other fairly minor changes, just dealing basically with handling ballots and process internally, um, but. I don't know. I really can't, honestly can't tell you anything that's practically affected us and that we didn't already handle things pretty much as I think the, the law is required. Well, yeah, I'm curious. Uh, I, there have been a lot more conversations about elections and election administration in Kansas. If someone comes to you and says, you know, I have concerns about electronic voting machines, for instance, kind of what do you what do you say in response to that? Kind of how do you talk them through uh, what is in place? I guess, first of all, I appreciate that people do care, and we've had a lot of people ask a lot of questions, have a lot of concerns. Um, I guess part of my process is to encourage people to either be a part of the process, or I many times will offer to actually walk people through the process physically in the office and kind of do a walk and talk uh, about all the processes. And I think a lot of people are surprised to learn that there's 600 statutes, you know, that there are a lot of pieces to the puzzle. Um, 
that are a lot more complex than they appear at first. So I kind of enjoy taking people through the process, inviting them to attend the pre-test and the post-test, um, and then kind of talking through just the practical side of how that works in our office. Now, I don't know, like I said, I tell people, I don't know how it works everywhere else. I know that there are a lot of processes and procedures that we have in place, and they've been put there for a reason. In fact, the predecessor to me, many of those same processes have been there for many years, uh, and I think for good reason, because people have questions. They want to know that someone's paying attention and they, they care, uh, and that they are following the law. So. Typically, I will show people the machines, how they work, let them know I've spent a lot of time personally verifying there are, in fact, no modems. I mean, I don't just take the vendor's word for it. We we actually look and ask questions about how would I, you know, I ask my vendor, how, how would I know if there were, in fact, a modem? And they've told me they do know that there are states where uh, transmission of results does occur, and so they are required to build those models for other states. Uh, and that those would typically, at least with the, the ESNS machines that we have, would actually have like a little pair of rabbit ears on top of the machine. So, so they've said, yeah, we, we do make a model that can do that, but we're very careful. And, you're, and our RFP was very specific about making sure it didn't have modems, so it couldn't and wasn't capable of transmitting results back to the office. And again, I guess the thing to remember on that is... Even if we were going to transmit results, and I like to kind of remind people of this, even if we did, even if we had election workers that transmitted the results back to the office over the airwaves, the actual paper ballot is still sitting there in in the box in the bottom of the machine. And since all all ballots in Shawnee County are paper, if there was ever a huge question for any reason, we still have the ability to impanel Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, unaffiliated, and teams of people to go through. And just verify that the count is what we re reported on election night, which is really the bottom line. Well, it, and there are audits of a few randomly selected races by state law, right? That's a, that's another fairly recent law that we are doing, um, and our audits have shown that our numbers are exactly what we say there are on election night. They're randomly chosen. We don't get to pick, you know, the precinct or the race. Um, and even the Secretary of State's office, you know, we have to randomly draw those things, and they do the same thing. I think they randomly draw different parts for different elections, and then we have to randomly draw in a public uh, setting various pieces of races. So there's just no way for us to know ahead of time what we're going to have to audit. Uh, but a lot like our recent experience being one of the nine counties in Kansas that had to do a full, complete audit of every ballot in Shawnee County as it related to the uh, constitutional question from the August primary, that showed what we expected it to show, which was that every piece of paper was accounted for and every vote came out as we anticipated it would. I think we had about 18 or 19 votes additional but that was simply because voters in those cases didn't follow instructions and circled the entire question rather than filling out the oval. So even people shouldn't do that. Right? That's, that's, <laughs> I don't recommend that. Yes, people really should. I mean, if you want to make sure your vote is counted, you really want to fill in the oval and watch those instructions and pay close, close attention. I mean, mostly, mostly the instructions really, when you get right down to it, are, you know, fill out everything that you truly care about. And I recommend filling out every oval and make sure that it's properly filled out and don't circle the entire question and, or write the word yes on the ballot. Those kinds of things. People get in a hurry, maybe aren't thinking carefully about what they're doing, can miss that. But out of 60, I don't know, almost 65,000 ballots to have 19, you know, I think that really speaks to the accuracy of the process as much as anything, as well as speaking to the fact that, you know, 18 or 19 people didn't quite do it perfectly. 
Then there's also been some conversation on drop boxes. How are those used in Shawnee County? We have the two drop boxes, um, and and at the at the moment they're right there at the Shawnee County Election Office. Um, traffic hasn't been. Uh, tough enough for us to have a lot of them outside or sprinkled across the county. Um, we requested the extra funds to man those because I believe drop by personally, I believe just for confidence purposes, people should know the drop boxes are manned by a Republican and a Democrat. We don't really have the budget this year for that. So I'm kind of monitoring that to see if we need to do anything. But so far, traffic has been just fine with the one there at the office. So it's certainly an option here. Um, like I said, we don't really have the budget for it. And our, quite frankly, we're running two general elections this year. I just didn't know that until August popped up. You know, that, that was basically a general election. So our budget's tight this year. So we're really having to pay attention. Well, I mean, that's a, that maybe prompts a good question. August was a lot. Uh, how are you all in terms of resources, in terms of uh, having poll workers and, and being ready for another go-around? Because, I mean, that was historic turnout we saw August 2nd, and I know folks are expecting probably higher than normal turnout for a midterm uh, November 8th as well. Yeah, our, uh, we got surprised a little bit in August. I, I had a hint that it might be more than 40 or 45%, but I kind of hedged a lot because it's really hard to predict sometimes. Um, we did not budget originally for having that, that high turnout, but I think we'll, be, we'll pay very, very close attention right down to the last day of December and make sure we hit the budget. Um, so it's going to be very tight, but I think we'll get there. Um, yeah, and August was uh, August was a little more than we anticipated, um, but for November we're in good shape. We've got over 700 election workers. Again, we have a few drop, but then we always have a few new ones. So we're just doing that last minute management of training and communicating with judges and making sure that we have all the right people who are fully trained and ready to go. But we are we are feeling good. I think the you know the Secretary of State's office does a lot of work promoting. Uh, election workers. I'm always looking for more, so I should use this opportunity to say if you want to help, um, please call us and let us know. We're always looking for people of all parties to be a part of it. First of all, I like as many people as possible to be a part of the process. And even if we can't use you in the current election, which typically what I actually do is put people on a list of alternates because we do have some people drop. So certainly encourage people to let us know if you're interested, at least get some training. The training itself, if nothing else, is just a good window into all the processes and rules and statutes. But, but we have enough. I say that with a little bit of a hedge in my voice, though, because, you know, people get busy. Things happen. Sometimes people don't. Um, wake up election morning and don't feel good. So there's always a few drops. Um, and so we like to have plenty of extra people as well. So always happy to have additional people and we certainly can use people in future years as well. Well, I'd, I'd volunteer myself, but we're always a little busy election days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes you are. <laughs> Anything else folks should know about elections or if they have questions, how they can get a hold of your office and get them answered? Um, we can talk about provisional ballots for oh, a second. Oh, yes. Actually, that's a, that's a good point. Um, yeah. In order to avoid provisionals, I really try to emphasize being registered 20 days before Election Day. We're past that. So um, 
So if you're if you're not registered, that's going to be tough to deal with at this point, um, and that always causes a few provisionals. If you've got a name change or an address change, again, you really should re-register. Um, but the other thing is, if you're not sure, just go look at your record on that thing that we talked about earlier, voter view, and you can see where your current registration is. Uh, additionally, if you had a ballot mailed to you but it didn't get there, that's going to be provisional. You know. It happens. It does happen on occasion that somebody's ballot doesn't get to them or it doesn't get back to us. So, Or if someone know. requested a ballot, for whatever reason, opts not to fill it out and right. it goes to their polling place. Sometimes things happen. Sometimes you lose it in the house. I mean, things do happen. So you can go to your polling place. You'll be voting a provisional. Uh, but as long as we verify that only one ballot got back to us, that'll be fine. And, and if I go to the polling place on November 8th, uh, forget that uh, photo ID, what are my options? If you forget your photo ID, uh, you can vote a provisional. You'll just need to get that uh, copy of that uh, photo ID to us before Canvas. We wait and get to give ourselves time to do the full research on each of those provisionals. We have a 13-day window in there before Canvas. So there's plenty of time. Uh, Canvas this year will be November 21st, so... Um, like I said, that's about 13 days. There should be a plenty of time to get that to us. You can email it, you can fax it, and you can, you know, drop a copy in the mail. We're not hard to get along with. As long as we can see a copy of it, it'll be fine, and we'll make sure it gets counted. But you have until 9 a.m. Canvas Day. Walk in 30 seconds before the gavel comes down, and we start Canvas. If we can, if we can get a copy of it and verify, it, we'll make sure it gets counted. Sounds good. Any anything else, or uh, the best way to get a hold of y'all if, if folks still have more questions? Yeah, our uh, election office phone number is seven eight five two five one fifty nine hundred. Our email is electionoffice at sncous So feel free to email us with questions or call us. Our website is www.sncou.us forward slash elections. Uh, and, and I encourage people to use the Secretary of State's website, too. Sometimes their layout makes it easier for people maybe to find a particular thing. So I always like to talk about it as well because I think they do a good job of, you know, kind of making it easy to find voter view. But you can certainly Google, you know, Kansas voter view as well. And most of the time it will bring up that same website. And then you just put your name, your address. Something, I think it may ask for your date of birth in there uh, to find your specific information. Commissioner, we appreciate you coming on. We, I think, uh, on behalf of both of us, hoping no recount this time around. <laughs> first recount uh, in August. That's the first one I've done since I've been here. So yeah, it's now you're now you're locked and loaded and ready to go for the next one. Yeah, no, I think we do know a little bit more about how to prep because it was it was short notice and it was a lot. Um, I think my concern about this recount, if there is one, is it's going to be over a Thanksgiving weekend, which could be a little bit interesting to try to staff up for. So, so yes, my fingers are crossed. There is no recount. If it happens, we'll figure it out. But it could be a challenge. Well, we appreciate you coming on to, to talk all things voting. Uh, if you're listening, uh, heed our advice. Uh, get out there, whether you're voting by mail, voting early, or voting on November 8th. And we will see you all at the polls. Have a good one, y'all.
just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.